Welcome to this edition of Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets. In this weekly show, you'll catch two fund managers who'll share their views on a selection of listed companies, both here and overseas. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be notified of new episodes each week. And don't forget that all the views expressed are general in nature and you should seek your own advice before making any decisions of your own. That's all from me. Sit back, relax and enjoy the latest edition of Buy, Hold, Sell. Hello and welcome to LiveWise Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Grady Wolf, and as you may have heard or read, Australia's CPI is set to peak at 8% by the end of this year. So we thought we'd take it to the professionals to see exactly how they're positioning their portfolios to tackle the inflation blues. Joining me today is Firetrails Blake Henricks and Marcus Bogdan from Blackmore Capital. Welcome, gents. Thank you. Thank you. I'll start with you, Blake, today. So let's start with the basics. Every time we see CPI data come out in the quarter, markets move drastically. Is inflation really negative or positive for investors' returns and savings? I, I, I think inflation is undoubtedly negative. So, you know, people are feeling great if you've got savings. You know, you can now get a 4% term deposit, but inflation's running at 7. Food bills are up 15 and electricity bills are up 20. You're not keeping up with inflation. So, you know, I think inflation's bad for savers, investors and pretty much everyone. <laughs> Marcus, do you agree? Yes, I do. Uh, it's definitely bad for investing. And you've seen that this year as price earnings ratio, as interest rates have risen, have fallen from 18 times to 13 and a half times. So absolutely negative for, um, for stocks. And for investors, you're right, right Blake, um, 4% you can get uh, on a term deposit, but if inflation's running at seven, you're still going backwards. So both for, for stocks and, in, and savers, it's a negative. Well, we agree here. Well, with inflation running at 7.3% in the September quarter, what strategies are you employing to win in this current environment? Well, you have to hold companies that have got pricing power. Uh, that's absolutely essential. So they've either got pass-through mechanisms in their contracts or they've got the ability to keep on pushing prices through so they don't absorb that cost in post. Blake, what strategies are you employing? Yeah, I mean, when I think about inflation, I think about pricing power, as Marcus talked about, uh, low gearing, because you know as inflation comes around, interest rates follow, and if you've got a lot of gearing, you've got a lot of interest, and that's downgrades. Um, but also low multiples. You know, the lower the multiple, when interest rates are high, you know, there's less devaluation. So I think there's a couple of things you can look for. It's hard to find the perfect company because those with pricing power typically have high multiples, so it's not super easy. So I, you know, I can feel for a lot of investors out there, but those are some of the things we'd be looking for. Reading the markets are definitely not easy in this time, are they? We're expecting, a lot of market analysts are expecting inflation to peak at the end of the year. Are you thinking it's gonna come off really sharply after that, or is it gonna remain sticky for a little while to come? Yeah, there's, there's a couple of um, components to it. So the, the first one I look at is supply chains. That They are fully fixed. You know, the supply chain tightness that happened was demand went through the roof. At the same time, supply chains weren't working and prices went out of control. They have all come back to pre-COVID, or in some cases lower than pre-COVID. So that'll be deflationary next year. On the energy side, um, because that's one that really took off, especially through Russia, those uh, have sequentially stopped going up for the moment. And so, you know, by the time we get to March, April next year, that'll be deflationary as well, assuming they hold where they are. But the labour force one is the one that just keeps on sort of trucking along. In Australia, it's not actually too bad at the moment. We're sort of running at threes 
in the EBAs, which is 42% of the workforce, some of the other numbers are a lot higher, but in the US, the companies we talk to are saying this, this labour market remains very, very tight. So I'd expect supply chains down, energy down, but labour to keep going higher. Marcus, thoughts? Um, I partially agree and partially <laughs> disagree. On the supply chain, I think it's depending on what jurisdiction you're in and what industry you're in. They've certainly improved uh, and there's in, 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 not only in supply, but in price. Uh, on energy, um, I think that's the big question, question mark. Um, and the supply issues around energy, I think will continue to hold prices higher. Where I agree uh, is that we've got chronic labour shortages in the developed world and I think that they will, they will continue. So I think inflation will moderate, but I think it'll stay at a, at a higher level than what the central banks are trying to do between two and 3%. Now, honing in a little bit further, which sectors do you expect to continue suffering in this environment? Well, I think what Blake said earlier on, I think the high PER stocks will continue to be under pressure because I think interest rates will stay stronger for longer. And also um, cyclicals. I think it's too early to move on, on cyclicals because I think we're going into a, uh, an earnings uh, slowdown and that will affect those types of companies more prominently. Blake, which sectors are you seeing as the ones to watch are uh, negatives. <laughs> yeah, I'll call out one sector and it's supermarkets because supermarkets are seen as this great defensive um, sector to invest in that benefits from inflation. And if you run a simple model, you say, well, as inflation comes through, the basket goes up. If you hold gross margin percentages flat, gross profit dollars grows and therefore this is great earnings growth that happens with inflation. But the reality is margins are determined by competition and competitive dynamic. And that competition framework isn't really changing at the moment. You know, it's very stable, it's very good. But our view is that supermarkets aren't going to be huge winners from inflation. To date, that's been proven to be true because they've struggled to pass through some of those costs and we haven't seen big earnings upgrades. And the multiples are fairly extended because people are gravitating towards those defensive sectors. So uh, if there's one I'd call out, it'd be supermarkets as a loser, <laughs> controversial loser from inflation. Now, on the contrary, which of the sectors do you think will benefit or perform well in the inflationary environment? I mean, for me, I'd just go to the sources of inflation and energy would be one of those. Um, you know, we've talked extensively um, in the past year in the market about how hard it is to bring on new energy supply. And so as these prices rise, which are the, one of the causes, key causes of inflation, you know, I think that's a sector that's uh, very attractive. Marcus? I agree. Materials and energy, um, real assets in an inflationary environment is where you want to be positioned. Absolutely. Well, which stock do you believe investors can help investors beat the inflationary blues? Well, I think um, Brambles is, is a great example of that. Um, it's been able to pass through uh, the surcharges, the higher lumber prices, higher transport, prices uh, and it's also had pricing power and they've had pricing power because their customer base has been on allocation, uh, they've got very good contracts there uh, and it is facing into defensive industries, 80% of their revenue is consumer staples so I think that that is a stock that continues to give you um, some pricing power. And Blake, which one is beating the blues for you? Oh, it would be in the energy sector, I'd pick Santos, so you know Santos is at the moment undertaking two quite large projects. Uh, once they're completed, you're gonna have, you know, 20 years of very stable uh, volume growth, or volumes, pardon me, and, you know, it's pricing in $60 a barrel at the moment. Uh, current prices are around 90, so they're generating a lot of free cash flow. And with low multiple, real assets, an inflation hedge, uh, Santos would be the one for me. 
Well, that's all we have time for today on that episode of LiveWise Buy, Hold, Sell. I'm Grady Wolf, and I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. If you did, why not give it a like? Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every single week. Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by LiveWire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis and insights. Register for free online at livewiremarkets.com and you'll discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.